Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Benny J. And yo, it's your bull, former patient zero in the building. And this is Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode 16. Oh, that was a lot to, to yo, get in there. Throw them up. I don't <laughs> know what it means, but I do it anyway. <laughs> so this is a special Christmas episode today. Mm. It's a whole mass of Chris. He's like, yeah, boy, let's go. I like it. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So check this out. We're going to do a little bit of a freestyle session today. Okay. Because it's been a minute since we've just kind of gone off the top. Now, don't get us wrong. We kept it topical and kind of worked just off of a topic. But this today is a true Christmas miracle. Mm. It's all purely from our heads. There's no notes. There's no pre-discussion. It's, as the word of the year goes, unprecedented. <laughs> I've never heard a word used so much in the past couple years of my life than that word. So let's have an unprecedented Christmas season together. Why don't we? All right. All right is correct. So check this out. I just pumped my chin on the microphone. This idea... The whole naughty or nice thinking is kind of hilarious because it makes us think that based on our behavior is purely how we'll end up being rewarded. And that might be true in human systems. And even that might, that might even be true from the way that God deals with us here and now, as we're still on this side of heaven, where the rain falls on the righteous and the wicked. So it's hard to distinguish why certain people get good things versus why certain people get bad things or however you want to distinguish good and bad here. I think about the naughty and nice thing. And it's like, I remember my mom saying, if you don't behave, you're going to end up with a lump of coal in your stocking. And my brother and I look at her and be like, do it. <laughs> and one year she did it. She did it but it was a bag of candy coal. Mm. So it wasn't real talk. So we didn't take her seriously. Right. And thus became the story of our lives. Mom, you ain't serious. Mom, you capping. No, we, nobody said that back then. <laughs> but we're going to say it right here, right now. So you heard it first. Boom. Chris, you got any miracles to talk about? Oh, wow. Miracles. Um, I'm here. Um, that, that that's a huge miracle. That's not guaranteed. Um, you're here, um, so hey, yeah, we got we got to celebrate the little things. But yeah, that whole thing about about naughty or nice, you know, there's an issue of who's evaluating the naughtiness or the niceness. True, um, because that that has to be evaluated. It's like, so who are we doing it for? Who is yeah. who is our behavior for? And in the Christmas season, I know that that's kind of, it can be kind of confusing. Mm -hmm. If you ask my kids, it's whoever's bringing the gifts. Um, it's Santa, the elf on a shelf, it's whatever. And so for them, you know, being, being seven, their biggest thing is, well, we have to be nice for blank. But then you get a little older and you know a little better and you think about this Christmas season and you're like, wait a minute. Naughty or nice for God? Does God factor into this equation? Because ultimately, that's who we're being supposedly nice for. But every single day, you know, I'll just speak for myself. Like sure, sure. every single day, I miss the mark. And 
sometimes I can get a little down on myself, but God does show me grace. But I am reminded that every single day I have to consistently renew my mind so that I can be be good. Dare I say good? Um, as righteous as possible as I can? Yeah, no, I, I hear that. And it's it's cool like, thinking about how our children perceive why they're being good. Mm-hmm. What what's the purpose in being good when feeling when being bad can feel so good? Because that's what they do. Like our our kids want to act out, which is why we have to have that tight rein, keeping submissive children, especially as people who seek to lead God's family in the church. We got to make sure we got a mm-hmm. a tight grip over our own families first. But it's like, why should they do good things outside of getting a reward, outside of getting a, a treat that feels like closer to instant gratification than what it would take to wait for the rewards that we'd get in heaven one day? Think about how long that feels for a child compared to the gifts that might come in the next, let's say, couple weeks. In this case, like what, a week and a half? Mm-hmm. So... Kids are used to this instant gratification mindset where it's like, yeah, I could behave for a week. Right. Yeah, I could, right. I could be good for mom and dad or whoever for the week. But if you start talking about the rewards for heaven, hmm. like the golden crown, all the different crowns that God wants to bless us with and present us with for the way that we live our lives here for him now, you know, they're going to be like, but I want it now. I want to feel good now. And that's one of our biggest struggles as human beings is we don't look at this life as the awful space that it actually is apart from Christ, apart from him coming back, redeeming the planet, reconstructing everything so that it's under him completely, period. That hasn't happened yet. So we're still in the waiting period of, all right, we can see the works of Jesus already happening now. That's so that's so like the whole idea of the kingdom is present, mm-hmm. but not yet, not yet fully. It's not fully present yet, but we represent the kingdom. We are God's representatives, again, ambassadors for Christ. We go ahead of the king with a message and we're not special. We're only what God has told us to be. We become all things to all people to make sure that we can reach them where they are. And that is our purpose and mission. Uh, so to get back into at least some kind of semblance of order in my thoughts. <laughs> there is an incredible difficulty for us to be patient in waiting for the rewards that we hope for, for good behavior. But good behavior is a necessity for us mm-hmm. if we're truly faith driven, because out of faith should follow good works. It's a, it's a non-negotiable. If you say you have faith, but you don't do anything with it, what good is your faith? It becomes worthless. Mm-hmm. So you got to stay salty, brothers, brethren. Stay salty for the season. <laughs> stay salty for the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Salting is a seasoning. It is. It's good in season and out of and season. And out of season. Whoa. Unless it loses its saltiness, and then what can you do with it? If salt loses its saltiness, what does it become? I never understood, like... When is salt not salty, I guess, is kind of the question. Mm. I just thought of that now, but it's um, like, I, I don't even know. Like, is there, an, is there a moment where salt doesn't taste salty? Not as potent. Okay, so it becomes impotent. Exactly. Word of the day for all you men out there who struggle. 
we're representing via. No, I'm just, that is a half lie because <laughs> I didn't let it all the way out of my mouth. But the cool thing is, you know, we get to, we get to behold the king. We get an opportunity to patiently await his coming while exercising the faith that he's given us during the time he's called us, he's commanded us to be obedient to his word, to go out and do the things that he's commanded us to do. There's no if, ands, or buts about this. If you're called to do something by the king, how many people are not going to obey the king? Like if a physical person, a king himself comes and tells you that you need to do something, you better do it or you're probably going to die. Right. Hit him with it. Man, dude, that's that's not you just drop bombs on people. Um word to your moms, I came word. to drop bombs. Uh. <laughs> but again back to this like naughty and nice thing. It's please. It's kind of tough. Um especially in this in this season to 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 reconcile because on one hand you're talking about this instant gratification. I can be nice for in this case, like another week and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can wrap my head around it. But God wants us to be nice all the time. In yeah. fact, beyond nice, wants us to love, love God and love others all the time. Yeah. And there wasn't like, there's not a period at the end of that sentence. It's like indefinite, like continue to love, continue to love, continue to be nice. Can't stop, won't stop. Yeah. And and for us, we're dealing, I think, you know, I'll talk back to, to me um, refer back to myself again. I, I'm wanting that end point because I'm tired. Yeah, like, I'm like sometimes I I don't want to be nice because it goes against the grain. Yeah, it's not natural to be kind. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So so in that regard, I'm like you know what? I want this instant gratification to apply to me being nice because I just got cut off by a driver, <laughs> or I just had a conversation with someone that I didn't really, um, I wasn't really liking the direction of the conversation. And I'm wishing like, God, can I just be not nice for like, g- give me like 10 seconds. Give me 10 seconds. Give me 20 seconds. Yeah. Let me holler at this dude real quick. And then Lord, yeah. I'll get back to and you. And then I'll jump back in. I'll jump back <laughs> in. And so we're, we're always wrestling with this, 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 this tension of naughty and nice and wrestling with the God, can I step out of character a little bit and then step back in? You know, trying to do it on on our terms, um, yes. by our definition. And so in that regard, I am kind of like my kids. It's just a little different. Like them, they're looking for Christmas gifts. Me, I, I just I just need like a couple of minutes just to step out of character and then don't worry, I'll get right back uh, on script. Yep. Um, but yeah, we wrestle with that tension uh, no matter what age we are. That's so true, man. There's so much stuff that we just can't let go of easily because our flesh screams out about it. It's, it feels like an injustice. Uh, it's it's rubbing us the wrong way because it's just irritating to us. Uh, whatever the situation may be, we're called to love each other. We're called to kindness, patience, gentleness. Uh, we're called to forgive people mm-hmm. when they hurt us. And it doesn't say forgive them on your own terms. It says, forgive them. If they come to you and repent, if they say, yo, my brother, I messed up. I'm so sorry. Will you please forgive me? You forgive them as many times as they repent and demonstrate a desire to do right. You forgive them. That's a hard thing to do. 
because it starts to beg the question, well, how do I trust someone who is so inconsistent with the way that they act with me? Well, that's the point though. You are serving as a model example for them what it looks like to be a leader, what it looks like to love, what it looks like to have consistency and uh, a sharpness to the love. Like mm-hmm. love isn't blunted. Mm-mm. Love is sharp. That's why when you really love your brothers, you can literally be like iron sharpening iron because you're you're going against each other. You're, you're working against, against certain things in each other by holding each other accountable. And in that accountability, there's growth because there's adversity. Again, this is something that will come up repetitively in these conversations is the struggle that we all face to do what's right, to stand firm in the truth, to love our brothers, our sisters, the way that Jesus loves us is what creates the space where we can grow and mature together. But we got to be willing to one, look at ourselves Mm -hmm. first, learn about who we are. We have to know what makes us angry. We have to know our weakest links within ourselves so that we can actually look at ourselves and say, yeah, I need to watch that in me, or I need to let these people know about this in me so that when it comes up, they can speak to it calmly. And they're not, they're not abruptly shaken by what I say or do. They'll be like, yo, Ben, you told me about this, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 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 I did. Yo, could you pull back a little bit or could we pray about this right now and ask God to give you strength over it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You're right. hundred percent. Let's do that. That's awesome. If we actually open up vulnerably to one another and know each other like that, we can help one another a lot deeply, a lot more deeply. God mm-hmm. will bless it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it goes without saying, and we've said this for a while, the, these things that we're being called to do are definitely not easy. And we, we will mess up from day to day. And sometimes we even go through seasons where we feel that we consistently miss the mark. And there, there is some, there is a remedy to that. You know, God, God does have grace on us, understanding that we are in a, a flawed human condition. Mm-hmm. And I know that's even hard to reconcile, especially when you're one of those people where people will pander to you and say, hey, you do good in this, or you're, you're great, you're this and that. And so you're conditioned to always think of yourself as being good enough. Yes. Um, God's, God's standards are a lot different than our standards. So even the best person is not good enough um, through God's eyes, which is why God had mercy on us to send Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we deal with that. And when we, when we get to the point where we reconcile and can understand that we are not good enough, sometimes that can create a sense of, oh, man, I'm not good enough. Well, how do I get, how do I get better? Mm-hmm. We get into this performance structure like, well, do I have to pray more? Do I have to forgive more? Do I have to do this more? And we're always trying to earn, earn, earn. The peace in all of this, even though this is difficult, you know, we're not let off the hook just to sit back and say, God, take care of all of it. We actually do have to work. But God said, you know what? Um, it's by faith that you're saved, not by your works, not by all these qualifiers that people heap upon you. Yeah. If you believed in Christ, that Christ saved you, then you're good enough for me. And that goes against, and well, it's kind of contrary to every single system that we're a part of because every single system is driven by if you do this, you get that. Yeah. You work this hard, you get this grade. Yeah. Um, but God said, I just need your faith. I need your heart. Um, I need you to 
just hand your life over to me and you're covered. You're good. Yeah. But at the same time, none of that is easy. <laughs> and so even though we say these things very, very quickly and thoughtfully and sometimes loosely, we do bring into the equation the difficulty in getting to the point where we can articulate it and more importantly, how we sometimes do it. Um, I'd like to say all the time, but I know for myself, nah, I miss the mark. Constantly, right? Like constantly just like trying to stick the landing, mm -hmm. falling on your face instead, right. breaking your spiritual neck. It's, it's incredibly uncomfortable when you start to reconcile with the fact that you're not right. You're not made righteous in your own strength. There's nothing that you could do apart from Christ that would actually deem you righteous. That's the point. Mm -hmm. So no man can boast. God doesn't want us to be able to say we did something in our own strength, that we were able to bring something of ourselves to the table when he wants, when he declares judgment upon our lives and says, all right, what did you do for me? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, you didn't do anything because you didn't believe in Jesus. You didn't give your whole life over to us. You didn't trust us. You, you relied on your own understanding and your own strength, despite the contrary call that the Bible gave you, that we gave you, to specifically forsake your own understanding, not trust in your own understanding. Acknowledge me in all your ways. That's a crazy thought, isn't it? Because we think so much for ourselves. At the end of the day, though, how much do we really think for ourselves versus how much are we programmed? Are we being programmed just by society as a whole? And there's very few people who become, let's say, outside the box enough to consider alternatives. I don't know if I call that free thinking. You're still considering another in-the-box way of thinking. Mm. So even Christianity... It's, there's a lot of in-the-box thinking if you think about the, the rote and rituals of the religion itself. It, there's still a lot of being inside the box there. That's why you have this term called dogma. Hmm. If you're dogmatic, you basically just follow all the rules and the fundamentals of the religion. But you may be devoid. You may be lacking the heart part of it, which is awfully detrimental to your relationship with God which is the whole point that we would relate, we would commune with our father through Christ, that we would spend the time with him in prayer, that we would do good works in faith unto him to build his kingdom and to trust him more, to demonstrate to man that he is good and amazing and incredible in all ways. That is the most beautiful image for me, but I took a lot and it's still taking a lot to come to the end of myself. And I'm not sure that I'll ever come fully to the end of myself. I don't know what that looks like yet. So I can't state for a fact that I, I haven't, I definitely haven't gotten there. And I don't believe that I will get there fully, but I do believe that God through the spirit of God will sanctify me, make the, set me apart for his good works over time, more and more and more as I grow. And he's building that up in me so that he's prepping me. He's, he's seeing how willfully engaged I'll stay with him as he's maturing me. And he already knows how I'll be and what I'll do. So he's very patient about it with me. He gives me time to learn. He gives me time to 
figure out that I don't have to scramble as much as I have tended to do throughout my life. I can really just lay, I can, I can chill back a little bit and say to myself, yeah, I can work hard and I could take the worry and the drama away from it. I don't have to sit in the constant anxiety that just saps me of energy. I can trust in this almighty God who says, take upon my light yoke. You know, a yoke is the thing that you basically clamp two animals mm -hmm. together with on the neck and it helps them trudge along in the work they have to do in the fields. And it's the same idea with the yoke where Jesus says, my, he says that uh, he is the light yoke. Mm -hmm. His burden is light. You know, it, he doesn't allow us to try to take the fullness of the suffering on ourselves. In fact, he says he wants to take on the bulk of it so that we can graciously through him learn the ways that he has for us. So we can be effective in this world, in our ministries. And so the, the, the cool thing about all this is, you know, going back to the, the performance um, and the metrics and trying to, trying to be good enough, for lack of a better word, you know, e even though it's hard to reconcile what we're talking about, Christ's way is actually easier than the world's way. Like I think about myself at work and getting my performance review, I have to do, there's like a list of things I have to do. I have to hit the mark in all these metrics in order to be considered good enough to either A, get a raise or B, keep my job or Just you know, get whatever. paid. Yeah, just get paid. <laughs> just so that that check cashes every two weeks. Thank God to clear. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> but then do we, I, I think about, I think about God and God, well, Jesus actually said, you know, everything can be distilled down into two things, loving God and loving others. Yeah. And so I look at the criteria for success at work, and then I look at the criteria for success through Christ, and success through Christ is a little bit easier because I have to love God and love others. Now, granted, some people are not lovable, and so that could definitely make loving others very hard. They're, they're, they're lovable, but it's one of those examples where maybe we need to use the scripture of not casting our pearls before swine right, because right. they won't value what we've brought mm -hmm. and therefore we should pull away and take our peace and leave. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that I would, that, that's how I would frame that if that's cool. Yeah. And that, that discerning uh, is very important. Yes. Um, but but like my brother said a couple of moments ago, it, it has to become a habit. Mm -hmm. it, it's one thing just to say, yeah, I love God. I love God. But then you're out in the world doing all types of crazy stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, I love other people too. But then you're sleeping around or you're you're disrespecting people and you know, you're lusting and doing all these other things. So it's one thing to say it, but if you truly believe it, then your actions will prove it. You know, scripture says something Truth. like, um, you know, a tree by its roots. And so Fruits. that's it. That's it. So if, if you say you're going to do it, you got to do it. And if you consistently do it, then it becomes a habit. Yep. And at the end of the day, if you're loving God and loving others, you're doing great. Yep. Um, not to say you shouldn't be excellent at work. <laughs> that's another issue. But <laughs> when you're looking at the performance base system, and you're looking at success at work mm -hmm. versus success in Christ. I will take success 
through Christ's lens any day. Yeah, a hundred percent. Success through Christ's lens is basically a an inversion of mm. what we see in the world. It's you can't do it in your own strength. You're not good enough. You can't prove your worth. That's the point. Jesus came and basically turned all the kingdoms of this world on their heads, which is a good thing for us because according to according to all of the Christian faith, you can't make it to heaven apart from Christ. So if that's true, which we both believe 100% Mm -hmm. that that is the truth, then there's no way that you're going to be able to use the world systems to create your Tower of Babel and reach the heavens. It's not going to happen. The internet is a real, this is a really good fun segue. I'm Hmm. just going to, I'm just going to hit it for fun. Hit it. The idea of the Tower of Babel is very much like what I see the internet being today. Hmm because it's seeking to bring all the languages together and all the information of the lands of all the wisest people. It's taking all of that knowledge and it's seeking to create opportunities to break into the spiritual spaces, the other dimensions that we're not privy to yet. We haven't found access to fully. Maybe some people have, I wouldn't even doubt it. I wouldn't even doubt that 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 is like right on the horizon. But the idea that the internet is a modern day tower of Babel and that we keep repeating the same sins of trying to play God and be God. And we don't stop. So that desire to be number one of our, of our own lives. And then maybe even that extends to us trying to dominate others lives. uh, That is something that comes from the fallen nature that we would dominate one another, that we would be at enmity Mm-hmm. between one another with one another. It's not, it's not what God has for us. That is not love. That's divided. It, it will break upon itself. It will fall on its own head. We need to trust in the one who can make all things right, who can make all things new. He regenerates us. So despite the entropy that we're all facing, which is the decaying of all things that exist, all creation, the slow breaking down of all things, We got Christ who comes and literally brings the power of regeneration. It's incredible what he does and what he can reestablish despite all our best efforts to be the most destructive beings that have ever existed. So yeah, tangent over. Wow, dude. I know. And but but you know that still goes back to to being naughty or nice because who's evaluating it? Yeah. And you know, we we have God evaluating it, we have the world evaluating it, but only one really matters. Yeah. Um you know, and we talked about this um a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. Um you know, there there's a misconception at least um from my perspective, there's a misconception that if you live for for God, you know, through Christ, that you have to live this this rote life of following certain rules, eating certain things, being just a robot. That's actually not true, actually. It's actually more, more liberating. You know, Christ says in scripture, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. And so there are parts of heaven that we can experience now. Yeah, um, renewed relationships. Uh, renewed health, <laughs> renewed perspective, yes, um, things that we were able to do and be successful in, even within the confines of of this world and the systems we operate in, and so that's something else to to add to what my brother's saying is that the the stuffy religion that we try to stick God into, 
is not what we're being called to. We're called to relationship yeah. with God and with others. We're called to the richness of life. Um, and that happens even as we decay, yep. even as relationships around us break down, even as our bodies yeah. break down. These are the things that we can experience now. And then after we die, we get the perfected version of it. Yep. Everything we experience now is just a glimmer of what's to come. And so don't uh, don't get caught up in the religion of it. Uh, get caught up in the relationship of it. Yeah. And that's where the richness of life gets to be experienced. You got me thinking here, and I want to add this to the idea. Everything we do in the flesh fails miserably. It will burn in the flames of judgment in the end, yeah. of, of purity and righteousness before the Lord. God calls us to be full of spirit. Mm-hmm. How do you be full of spirit? Well, I can tell you straight up, if you're doing the things of the flesh, which are all the urge-based chasing type behaviors, you're not building up that spirit, man. Mm-hmm. You're dulling it. You have to open yourself up through the disciplines, prayer, spending time in scripture, meditating on the word day and night, communing with other believers in staying in prayer with them, listening for God to speak something to your heart, mm-hmm. prophesying if there's prophecy to be had, Speaking in tongues, if you speak in tongues and the Lord has given you that gift, don't mistake that gift to make you think you're more spiritual than you are or better than other Christians. That's not the point of the gift. You know, you always give glory to the giver. Mm -hmm. He's the one who gave you opportunity to sit in the office of those giftings. They're not yours. They've been bestowed upon you to use for his purposes and glory. So that's a key thing to consider here. Don't live in the flesh, resist your flesh, resist the temptations of the world and feed the spirit. If you don't feed the spirit, you will not grow in the spirit. This is a willful behavior that we have to learn and engage in consistently. My dude. So, I mean, all we're basically saying is be nice, (laughs) but, 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 but understand what that means. (laughs) Be nice with it. Yeah. It's like. Every day we live in that tension of naughty and nice, yeah. and you know we're we're being called to 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 be nice with it, um, to to love, um, to be respectful, uh, to build up instead of breaking down, and you know even though we can get caught up in this this season, if we really look at what this season is about, and if we can look through all the tinsel and all the commercials and yeah. all this other stuff at what this season is about. We, we are being given the greatest gift. When God said to humanity, you know what? You can't save yourself. Everything else pales in comparison to what I can give you. I'm going to send my son for you. I'm going to give you the ultimate gift because I want you to have a relationship with me. I want to have a relationship with you. And no, you don't deserve it. No. But I love y'all. <laughs> Irregardless of all that. And so I, I guess this is my quick commercial. D- don't don't chase the watered down Christmas. No. Don't chase the watered down commercial um, systems telling you that you should be buying this and doing that. Don't chase all that stuff because what this season is truly about is the ultimate gift that is given to a humanity that definitely did not deserve it. Yeah. 
a humanity that was naughty instead of nice. But through that gift, God would look upon us as being nice. If only we believe that that gift was sent for us. Tough message because we are immersed in the culture. But that's why we have to intentionally renew our minds every single day and fight for this truth because the truth is so much richer than the shadows and glimmers of truth that humanity has built. I'm not knocking humanity. I'm just being really realistic about what humanity is compared to the ultimate loving God. Yeah. Yeah, dude, you nailed it. You know, I think I think that if we don't understand what Christmas is, is God sending his only begotten son mm -hmm. so that he could die on a cross for our sins. It's crazy. Jesus came into the world in the most strange way possible. Hmm. Uh, the, the, the immaculate conception. Are you serious? Like that's crazy. So that he wouldn't be perverted by the sinfulness of the original seed that came from Adam. Mm -hmm. He was set apart for God's purposes and work on this, on this planet for our sake. So think about that. Jesus first steps coming in was being hunted down by King Herod to be murdered as a baby. Right. He was, he, they have, they were head hunting Jesus from the start. Mm -hmm. So you just want to consider these things. Every opposing force that thought that Jesus was going to somehow usurp power from them all came to try to kill him. Right. Sounds like the same kind of message we hear today about power hungry people who are just vying to take the power. Mm -hmm. They think that this world is all about taking the power and establishing dominance while saying something is free about it. Crazy thoughts. But what Chris and I want to do here, we want to wish you all a, a Merry Christmas. Yes. We want, to, we want to give you our warm wishes and blessings for your families and want you to remember, it's all about Jesus. In the end, it's all about him. Mm -hmm. Give your heart, your mind, your soul to him. Trust him with all your heart. Don't, don't hold anything back. Right. Give it all. You guarantee, even if it's super painful and at first you feel a little like you got the raw end of the, you got the raw, uh, raw deal, mm -hmm. short end of the stick, it'll pan out over time and you'll see God miraculously work through you, in you, all around. And you will be, you will find fulfillment and peace that doesn't make sense. So, yeah, this is again Benny J. And yo, it's your boy, former Patient Zero, back here in the building. And this is Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode 16. Peace out. Merry Christmas. Peace, my youths. <laughs>